the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Nah, man, you see how good I look? Nothing signifies that more than a pinch hitter winning a the game. They shouldn't have played the old Golden Blue. Not this night. Yes, sir. Not this night. We don't pay attention to what happens, what goes on, on the outside. We just do our job. Welcome to Panhandle Sports Live, the premier home for all things sport in the Eastern Panhandle. He's across midfield. He's into the open field. Touchdown, Martinsburg. Towards the pylon. Touchdown, Washington. Hear from the coaches and players that make the Eastern Panhandle the place for sports in the state of West Virginia. This kid, he's got silver bullets. And it's a two-possession lead for the Appleman. Gets a high snap. Robinson trying to get to the outside. Makes a jerk move. Gets to the inside. Keyshawn Robinson. Touchdown, Cougars. Be a part of the conversation on today's show by texting at 304-263-4321. The throw not in time. Hedgesville's going to Charleston. Gavin Young puts the drive up 9-63-54. The Spring Mills Cardinals, 18-0 to finish the regular season. Now, live from the Hoppy Kerchival Building in historic Martinsburg. Get your popcorn ready. Panhandle Sports Live is on the air. Well, boys, they let us get to Friday again. Welcome into the studio. It is Panhandle Sports Live for this 8th day of December 2023. Got a lot of sports to talk about. We're going to pick every NFL game over the weekend. We're going to have a very special EPAC Boys Basketball Fantasy Draft. You're not going to want to miss that. And we've got more to talk about as well here on Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Luke Wicks, Parker Stone, Daniel Woods. Boys, we've made it through another week. Only an hour through the finish line as we finish up our final Panhandle Sports Live and turn the calendar to next week when we're going to get into some heavy basketball how are you guys doing? Not bad. Looking forward to some WVU men's soccer tonight. Yes, indeed. I'm already on the bowl pickums right now. I got a message from Dad last night. Said, "Hey, there was the uh, the old card shop back where I grew up at. They always do a bowl pickum mm-hmm. every year, and they have a pot for all that." So, uh, Dad, Dad gave me the answer. He's like, "All right, I need I need your answers for whenever we need them in." So I'm trying to piece that together. See, the due date's next Friday. So currently, here's what I got. Georgia Southern, Jack State, App State, New Mexico State, Boise State, Texas Tech, Western Kentucky, UTSA, USF, UCF, Troy, and JMU. So if you wanted to speak. Big fan of you reading those without any context whatsoever. (laughs) Here's eight football teams. Those are my winners for right now. So I'm kind of torn on some of these. Some of these are obvious ones. I think the most obvious one I found was Troy beating Duke. I just think without Mike Elko, Troy's going to handle business. But... I don't know. Bowl, bowl pick'em season. I remember I was like 12 one time, and I won the whole dang bowl pick'em. I missed like four bowl games and won like $500. It was a crowning achievement in the life of young Barker Stone. Hey, can I just say, four-year-old Daniel Woods four. was the only person in the family bowl pool in 2005 to pick WVU to beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. That's all I'm going to say. It's like a beautiful mind situation. That's all man. I'm going to say. I like it. Can I also add um, that... Maybe we should try to, you know, get out of here and then hustle over to Louisville because I've been informed by uh, X, formerly Twitter, that 
Uh, WVU is hosting a pregame tailgate uh, for the soccer game today at, some, at a place called Pig Beach Barbecue. So who who is WVU? Like we're not the players. The, the university. Okay, like we're not gonna have like the players. The, you know, the, the last Mac, thing I need the, the is Mount, this, the Mountaineer Athletic Club. We don't need Luke McCormick just to polish off no, a half a rack of ribs no, and then go play a soccer it's, match. It's the Booster Club. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Pig Beach Barbecue. <laughs> well, um, another thing that uh, we'll be talking about on Panhandle Live today. I hope you're able to check Metro News's broadcast of the gubernatorial debate. I will not say that this show is a politics-free zone. We're not Dave Weekly. Uh, we're not going to talk about our takeaways from the debate. Uh, other than uh, the highlight of the debate, I think for me, uh, was not realizing that the panelists after the debate were still on camera during the break and watching Hoppy Kirchville just dominate a bag of cool ranch Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean my man put a that, was, that was a lead. That was a, that was that was a skill. It was, uh, it was between segments on the wrap up show which included our very own Marsha Kavalik who you can hear on the award winning Panhandle Sports Live in less than an hour. Exactly. Marsha worried about the hair, thought she looked great. I thought yeah, great. Dave Wilson weird combination, blue dress shirt, blue undershirt, no tie, two buttons undone so you could see the undershirt. And sport coat. And sport coat. And sport coat. It was a unique a, it combination was a look. for Mr. Dave Wilson. It was a, it was a look by Dave Wilson. Um, He's a trendsetter, man. What can you say? <laughs> Setting the trends. International jet setter Dave Wilson. He looked like a combination between like the worst sports agent and a youth pastor. So, anyways, I thought it was. I thought it went very well. We'll talk about that a little bit more on Pain Handle Live. But uh, guys, I want to talk about this. We uh, we're going to curb our overreactions, but I think there's a game that happened last night in the world of high school boys basketball that really got my attention. So the Washington Patriots uh, beat James Wood High School, and it's a James Wood team that's, put it in perspective, not great. Had a winning record uh, last year, struggling a little bit out the gate this year, and Washington beats them by 10. But I only say this, Parker Stone, to say that you know when we got to talk to Coach Miller, there's some new faces on this Washington team and a couple of high-profile transfers. Uh, and DJ Bordley, who came on late last year as a very good scorer for Spring Mills, Somebody that could score at all three levels, get to the rim. I was really impressed with his maturity late last season. And Chet Gore, who is a raw prospect at Jefferson, got courted by some prep schools, went to the Jefferson, didn't get to play a ton because they had you know, a veteran front court with the Shivelys. They both go to Washington. And in this game where Washington scores 67 points, their two best scorers are those two transfers. Borley goes for 27 points. Chet Gore has 18. Again, way too early to overreact, especially when they're not playing an EPAC team. But if you tell me that the skeleton of last year's Washington team, I understand that Chance Zimmerman is gone. He was a very good player for them. But Dolman is back and better. George Welty is back and better. Josh McCarthy is back and better. And, oh, by the way, we go out and add a 6'5", 6'6", kid with skill and then a wing player that can go out and drop 20 on somebody. All of a sudden, Washington really has my attention Coming into this year, with them being, you know, the biggest unknown, them or Hedgesville, you'd say, well, if we were ranking teams, Washington's going to have to start towards the bottom and climb your way out of the EPAC and higher and higher up the rankings. But the way they played yesterday, they really have my attention now. Well, that's how you make a statement. You get a guy, these are two players that now they, they've gotten a chance to be ones and twos. They were buried behind guys at their respective schools as threes or fours. I mean, we know Borley came on a little late for Spring Mills, but still – he wasn't going to be tasked to be the number one scorer or maybe even the number two scorer consistently in that offense. Now he can go to Washington, be a one, and he proved he can be a one. He scored 27 points last night. He can be a number one scoring option in this conference. And you add a guy like Chet Gore, who just has the ability and is still growing into his own right now as an underclassman, 
this team's going to be fun. And then we didn't even mention Christopher Dolman, and yeah. he's he's one of the centerpieces of this team for the future. So you've got three guys that are young, that are hungry, and this team's going to be fun. Even if they're towards maybe the back half of the conference this season, this is going to be a really fun team to watch because you've got a guy like Dolman, you got Bordley who can spot up and shoot and give you 20 to 30 points a night, and then you've got Chet Gortz growing into his home, and plus the pieces that they had from last season coming back – it's a fun team, and I think Coach Miller's going to have these guys playing hard every single night. I'm excited to see what Washington does overall this season. Washington last year, I think, Daniel, the inconsistency was a big word for the Patriots. They only won a handful of games, and it seems as though on a night-to-night basis, you'd get double figures from uh, Welty, but McCarthy would struggle. You'd get a great performance from Zimmerman, but Dolman would struggle to get free. They never really seemed to get a lot going at the same time. Well, all of a sudden, you know, Dolman doesn't have to go out and get 20 a night for this team. He's got Boydley next to him. McCarthy's getting better. This team has more depth on the wing now is Chet Gore is somebody that can move away from the paint with Welty in the middle and you know you heard Ryan Miller say he might be their best passer you know they've added more dimensions they've got good athletes and I don't want to again we're not overreacting because we know how much talent is above Washington currently and what we would call our non-existent EPAC power rankings but the only thing you can do at the beginning of the season is beat teams that you're supposed to beat and prove that you're more versatile and frankly, better at scoring the basketball than you were a season ago, and that's what Washington just did. You're right, and I I think it really does say something that the two guys that went out and led the way in this game are the new faces in this lineup because, frankly, at Washington, Christopher Dolman and George Welty are established products. They are known commodities for this program, but for DJ Boardley and Chet Gore to be able to step into that lineup and come out night one and play within this team and play within what Ryan Miller wants this team to do and be productive. That's what stands out to me because we've seen across the state, particularly in football this season, that you can put a lot of talent on one roster, but it isn't necessarily going to get you where you want to go. I think we saw night one that these guys are capable of stepping into big roles with this Washington team and fitting into what Ryan Miller wants them to do. Absolutely. So good starts early on for Washington. We talked about Jefferson and the big result that they got. Uh, Musselman was able to beat Sarando. Martinsburg's getting things going soon along with Hedgesville and Spring Mills and all the hype they have coming into the season. That's just the boys' side of things. You can find boys' articles at our website, panhandlenewsnetwork.com. Boys' basketball previews written by Daniel Woods. We already have lined up girls' coaches for next week. We're going to turn our attention to the girls' side of things in the EPAC where Musselman has stolen the show early. We'll talk about that a little bit more again next week when we get to speak to all of those coaches. Well, boys, I have in front of me a spreadsheet of 70 of the EPAC's best basketball players, and we're going to get together and uh, draft ourselves a little fantasy basketball roster uh, coming up on the other side of this break. You're not going to want to miss that. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live on the Panhandle News Network, WEPM Martinsburg, and WCST Berkeley Spring. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, part of the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back inside the Hoppy Kirchville building. It is Panhandle Sports Live on this Friday. As always, you can text us, 304-263-4321. Texter says, unlike football, a few transfers in basketball can make a big difference to a team. And we've only seen it once, but I think the answer to that question or that statement is absolutely a yes. And again, we're referring to a couple of high-profile transfers and a good start to the season uh, that the Washington Patriots had yesterday in their victory. Well, gentlemen, we have in front of ourselves a 
spreadsheet of some of the best players in the Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference boys' side of things. We're going to have ourselves a little fantasy basketball draft uh, with no prize money, no way of scoring this, except at the end of the season we'll go back and try to see. Uh, and we do this, of course, totally fun. If someone gets left off the list, don't take it personally. Uh, we're very excited to get through this segment. We've already decided what the draft order is going to be. There's only three of us. It wasn't that hard of a choice. So Daniel Woods, he was the one that picked out the frozen envelope. So he gets the first pick in the draft, and we're going to snake it. So it'll be Daniel 1, Parker 2. I'll have picks 3 and 4, and then it'll go back to Parker, to Daniel, and then so on. We're only going to draft five players, a starting five. We're going to write up an article when this is done, give our opinions as to why we took the players that we, we took, what our team is going to look like, how we'd like them to play. And then when it's all said and done, we're going to put our rosters on the Twitter. On, on the Twitter. On the Twitter. <laughs> on the Twitter. I'll be over here if you need me. And uh, you will have an opportunity to vote on which team that you think is the best, and we'll talk right. about that on Monday. I think this is going to be uh, certainly a ton of fun. So Daniel Woods and the Woods delegation has been – uh, tossing and turning all night. He found out he was going to get the first pick in the draft about, what was it, like 1 o'clock yesterday? Something like that. And uh, he he built a big board. He has every player uh, that we have uh, put together on this list ranked, and he's had a long time to think about who the first pick is going to be. That's so right. with the first pick in the 2023 Panhandle Sports Live Fake Fantasy High School Basketball Draft, Daniel Woods, in his Davidson sweatshirt, um, yes, has sir. selected... We are going with the reigning EPAC Player of the Year and the man that I believe will become a two-time EPAC Player of the Year from the Spring Mills Cardinals, Caleb Thomas is the first overall pick. All right, so Caleb Thomas in the middle, one of the best shot blockers in the state, about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, on the wing, very good uh, facilitator, brings the ball up. Uh, he's a really consistent jump shot away, I think, from being a very good player. But, you know, the cool thing about Daniel and the way that I want these rosters to be constructed is you have to have at least one big and one guard. Daniel can't take five centers. I can't take five point guards. You're, you're, you're telling me that... <laughs> You're telling me that George Welty can't run the point for me. <laughs> no. But the thing about it is, for Daniel, is Caleb Thomas can. So you've got yourself somebody that you can legitimately play at all five positions, which makes him an easy choice for the first pick in the draft. And I'm sure that that was a move that Parker Stone was expecting as he now yeah. finds himself on the board picking second. I was hoping that a surprise pick was going to come at the top, but I think Caleb Thomas is the obvious pick right now. The versatility that he has to play all five positions at a really high level. And like like Luke mentioned, he's a really good jump shot away from being a probably either like a group of five basketball player in division one I, I really think so he's got that potential this season if he develops that well I'm at two I think I'll take what I think is still a cream of the crop of players in the conference I'm going Jamari Jenkins from Jefferson I think this is a guy that you can build around he's a great point guard can shoot can facilitate he has everything that you want in a point guard and I think with Jamari this is a guy I can build around so at the one two I'm taking Jamari Jenkins from Jefferson so Jamari Jenkins one of the top scorers in the EPAC last year off the board number two and I think the board falling for me at this nice little 3-4 swing is pretty much how I expected it to go so Caleb Thomas off the board Jamari Jenkins going second it gives me an opportunity to build I think what is going to be one of the most deadly point guard and center combinations in Luke's roster of champions so I'm going to start by taking Troy Wollaston from Musselman Troy Wollaston, I think, is one of the biggest unknowns coming into this season in the EPAC. was a player that was hurt to start last season. The Appleman started 2-7. and seven. He gets inserted back into the starting lineup late January, early February, and this team really starts to pick things up. He can play the 5. He can play the 4. He might be the best passing big man in the conference, although I know Caleb Thomas would have something to say about that. 
but he can handle the ball. He can work in isolation. You know, he's somebody else that's starting to get a little bit better shooting the ball. He's just a very good athlete where I can see him plug in and do a lot of things. So Troy Wollaston goes off the board number three, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, as a former point guard, who is the best point guard, pure point guard in the EPAC, and is he still available? I think the answers to those questions are yes and yes. He goes by the name of Keyshawn Cheek, and he's playing basketball at Martinsburg right now. Elite facilitator. You know, I kind of jokingly put when we put together a list that he's kind of like the Russell Westbrook of the EPAC. He's a high-motor guy. He's physical for a guard. He can handle the ball well. He's a good facilitator. Jump shot, it's not the prettiest, but it works. And we haven't seen him shoot the ball in a couple of months. Who's to say that he didn't have a great offseason? So I'm telling folks that, you know, you wait and see how the rest of my roster is going to be constructed. But at the end of the day, the Keyshawn Cheek and Troy Wollaston pick and roll is going to be very difficult to defend. And despite the fact that I didn't have the first two picks, I'm pretty happy with where my team is as we send it to Parker Stone for number five. I like that combo. I like that combo a lot. And something I've been looking at is that I think with the big man depth, we're seeing more of teams going to smaller lineups, three guards. You know what? We're going to build this team on athleticism. Give me Lakaiu Smith from Spring Ooh, Mills. Like All right. I'm I going like Lakaiu Smith from Spring Mills. This is a 3 and D guy, a guy that can rim run, a guy that could be a great piece with Jamari Jenkins. I'm I'm expecting big things from Lakaiu Smith this season. I think he's going to be the number two scoring option for the Spring Mills team. Give me Lakaiu Smith right now. So a couple of takeaways here really quickly. By the way, Lakaiu Smith might be the best dunker in the EPAC, although Caleb Thomas, again, might have something to say about that. Guys, or Daniel, we had gone four picks in a row without having a repeat team, which I think talks about the talent of the EPAC. But the team that we've circled around to and picked two players off of is Spring Mills. Both very interesting takeaways. That is right. And we are going to repeat a team now with this sixth pick, uh, as I will be going with someone that I think I'm going to be able to pick here in a way that the board has fallen in the ideal way for my team. Someone that isn't necessarily the primary ball handler on his team, but somebody that has a track record of being able to run things from the backcourt and can share those ball handling uh, duties with one Caleb Thomas, who you're going to want to move around on the offensive side. Give me Jaden Gladney mm, to join to, to start off my backcourt from Jefferson. All right, so Jaden Gladney joins Caleb Thomas on Daniel Woods' team as it swings back around to Daniel, who has the seventh pick as well. Yes. So, again, Caleb Thomas, just it just unlocks so much versatility oh, yeah. for my team. So he can play in the backcourt with Jaden Gladney. You can size up, put him in the paint up front. But you really want somebody that can establish themselves in the paint too, which is why with my third pick, I'm going to take Matt Mahood from the Muscleman Appleman. <laughs> you stole my pick. That's who I was going. So Daniel Woods is building a roster, like you mentioned, that has versatility, good length. Caleb Thomas around six foot seven. Matt Mahood's like six five, six six. Jaden Gladney's a bigger guard. He's around six foot two, uh, and it it puts Daniel in a pretty good spot, filling out three different players that really can all play multiple positions. We're playing positionless basketball over here. Absolutely, oh, he's, he's we're gonna evolved. get. We're gonna get out. We're gonna guard. We're gonna run. We're gonna rebound. <laughs> So Parker Stone, as you just heard with that just uh, audible gasp, now has to readjust his selection Mm. to pick number eight. I was really liking Matt Mahood at that spot. So we've got Jamari Jenkins, who is our facilitator and who is our point guard, can be a combo guard for us. We got Lakayu Smith, our rim runner, our guy who can handle things at length. I look down my roster now and I'm looking, who is that third piece I can add to this team and take it to the next level? We're going to gamble on a little bit of upside here. 
And I'm going to go check Gore from Washington. Mm, I'm going right. to go check Gore. I think he's got the ability to grow into one of the better big men in the conference this season. I think he's got the ability to do so. I think gambling on the upside, he's going to be the number two option with Chris Dolman as well as DJ Boardley. Those three guys are going to see a lot of minutes for this Patriots team. And I think he's got really potential to grow into that role this season, being the primary big in this offense. I'm going check Gore for Washington. So versatility, also a trend with Parker Stone. You've got Jamari Jenkins. You can play both spots in the backcourt. Lakai Uth-Smith, who could probably play the two, two, the three, or the four. And check Gore, who's currently starting at the four uh, for Washington, but had minutes at the, the center position last year. Uh, for Jefferson. So moving on, I've got back-to-back picks here at 9 and 10, and uh, I really want to establish some good presence on the wing, and uh, I'm going to do something similar to what Washington has done and acquire a very good piece on the wing and take DJ Boardley. I mean, recency bias, you could say, but he had some big buckets for Spring Mills last season. He's somebody that can be a spot-up shooter. He can get downhill. He's got great body control. He's got a really long wingspan for a guy that I don't have his height in front of me, but around 6'1", 6'2". You know, somebody that I can put on the wing and say, hey, you know, we've got Keyshawn Cheek and Troy Wollaston already playing the two-man game, but after a while we're going to want somebody else to get us a bucket, and it's going to be you. And then I'm going to go a little bit off the board with my next pick and take somebody else that is not a known commodity. You can see, you know, Parker Stone and I, I think, are taking some swings on some upside. So I'm going to shoot back around to Spring Mills. This is yet another Cardinal that's going to be taken, uh, and I'm going to take Tyler Jones. He's somebody that we don't know anything about. He spent the last couple of seasons at Coretti, but talking to Coach Samples, you know, talks about him being an elite shooter. We got to watch some of his film. He's a guy that can do a lot of things well outside of shooting the basketball. Although I would say that, you know, after I see him a couple of times, I don't think we're far off from potentially calling him the best shooter in the EPAC. So I look at my roster, and I've got Cheek at the one, Boardley, uh, can more so play kind of a 2-3 hybrid at the 2, Tyler Jones, and then Williston in my front court. And I like that I've got a bunch of different players that can do a bunch of different things as we send it back to Parker Stone for pick 11. All right, so we got Jamari Jenkins, who could be a combo guard for us. We've got Lakaiu Smith, that can be our wing, that can run the rim and play some good defense for us. And then we got <laughs> Chet Gore as a young guy we're going to gamble on and expect some good things out of. So looking through the roster right here, couple guys stood out for me. A couple guys caught my eye. And from what I'm looking at right now, we're going to move Jamari Jenkins to the two. Mm. And I'm taking Chris Dolman at point guard. I like it. And Daniel's th- not happy about it. I, th- I think, I mean, he was fantastic last year, was arguably the best freshman in the conference last year. I think that gives me arguably the best one-two combo guards in the conference in this team right now. And Chris Dolman playing the point. Jamari Jenkins moving him to the two. Gonna rock with Chris Dolman, double dip on the Patriots. A significant Jefferson County flavor. Three of the four players on Parker Stone's team play for either the Washington Patriots or the Jefferson Cougars. So I've got four players on my roster, as does Parker Stone. Daniel Woods now at 12-13 gets to be the first player to finish and pick players to join Jaden Gladney, Caleb Thomas, and Matt Mahood. That's right. And I'm in an interesting position here because, again, having Caleb Thomas on this team allows me to do a lot with these picks because you can afford to maybe beef up one part of the roster because he's able to play so many roles. But I think what I really do want to do here is add another ball handler to this team, which is why I I cringed uh, when Parker (laughs) took Chris Dolman a few (laughs) moments ago. Uh, But I'm going to take another guy that had a, a strong freshman season last year, somebody that 
showed that he has the ability to run a team, and that's why I'm going to take Colton Shelton off the board. Yeah, he honestly, when I was thinking about how I was going to strategize making picks, uh, I knew that I had the chance to get Cheek at four, but my thought was if he's taken, then I'm going to swing back around and get Colton Shelton because he might be the best pure passer in the EPAC. I'm excited to see who that will be because you've got a lot of very quality candidates. So you've got your point guard now and then the final pick. I need to add somebody on the wing, and I want to make a little bit of an upside swing here. And one thing that has stood out to me in talking to these coaches is with the amount of experience that he has coaching basketball in this state, when Dave Wa- or Dave Rogers, sorry, when Dave Rogers brings up a freshman, oh yeah, I pay attention. Give me Josiah King from Martinsburg. I was also very interested in taking Josiah King late. I think he, like uh, we put in the rundown here, we were kind of talking about these players and whatever. I I put specifically in the notes, there's a chance this guy's going to be the best freshman in the EPAC last year. You saw what that did, not necessarily last year, but setting them up for success this year with Chris Dolman playing as a freshman. Uh, So I think that's a great pick. So Daniel Woods' roster finishes uh, with Caleb Thomas, Jaden Gladney, Matt Mahood, Colton Shelton, and Josiah King. Parker Stone now gets to make his fifth and final pick. All right, so we've got our two guards. we got Dolman at the point. we got Jamari Jenkins playing the two for us. Ideally, I would like Lakaiu Smith to play the three, and I think I want to play Chet Gore as a five who can stretch the floor. Looking at what we have on the board right now, multiple ways. I feel like I need a guy who's going to be my defensive piece. I feel like we need a guy who's going to be – Put him on the primary score on a team, lock him up, and go from that point. I think if he's able to get more consistent scoring this season, this is going to be a great value pick. Give me Max Anderson from Spring Mills. I like that a lot. I was thinking about Give me Max. You know, that, that last pick, getting a glue guy, getting somebody that can come in, defend multiple positions. Connecting piece. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think We need a guy a- that can defend multiple pieces on the floor. If he's able to give us anywhere between five, Eight points a night, and that's all we need. We got Jamari. We got Chris Dolman. I'm really gambling Chet Gore is going to be that big piece that's going to take that step on Washington this season. I, I'm liking where we're going here. I'm li- I like our roster from where we go. So, yeah, we're going to rock with our last pick. Max Anderson's going to play the four. All right, guys, so I get the final pick in the draft. I won't belabor the issue, but I'm stuck right now between three different Hedgesville Eagles, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Xavier Kirk I like as an athlete. I have a small lineup with Troy Wollaston being the only true big. You know, Keyshawn and DJ Boardley are probably going to be my backcourt. Tyler Jones on the wing. So Xavier's somebody that could come in as a high-flying guy. But I don't want to necessarily ask him to play the four. I could ask Noah Brown to do that. Very similar pick to Max Anderson uh, as somebody that, you know, knows this assignment's going to come in and get stops. But I think I'm going to take one more swing uh, and and hope that the kid is somewhat like the old man and go with Quincy Pitsnoggle here. And I'll tell you, he's the biggest player in the EPAC. He's a guy that's got very good touch. Uh, He's somebody that Hedgesville's Kelly Church has come on and said, you know, he needs to play big. He needs to get more confident. When you're playing next to Troy Wollaston on Luke Wiggs' team of champions, I think that can give anybody a lot of confidence. So You can't can't really ask for a bigger upside pick than that. Absolutely. So I dare you two to bring the ball in the paint against 6'9 Quincy Pitsnoggle and the physical specimen that is Troy Wollaston. Um, while also dealing with the shooting ability of Tyler Jones, the scoring ability of DJ Boardley, and the fact that Keyshawn Cheek might be the best all-around point guard in the state. So that's how my team finishes up. That's my stump speech as to why I picked the team that I did. Um, Let's do this. Both of you guys, run us through your roster before we take this break. We'll make some NFL picks on the other side. Talk about the strengths, why you went with what you did. And of the remaining players that we have on this board, 
who's a guy that you know would be your sixth man? We're not going to officially pick one, but you know, for me, I would say that I went Pitsnoggle. The next player I would have taken is Xavier Kirk because I want a, just mm-hmm. a really good athlete that can still shoot the ball a little bit. So talk about the strength of your roster and one or two guys that you thought, man, I wanted to get him. It just didn't necessarily fit. We'll start with Parker. Well, the team I got, so we're going to rock Chris Dolman at the one. I love what he showed as a freshman last year, a guy that can run to the basket, has the ability to score at all three levels. He's a guy I'm really excited to see what he does in a, in a encore campaign this season. I think Christopher Dolman is a guy that's going to be one to watch for Washington. Jamari Jenkins, you can argue, is the best player in the conference. He, it's it's a conversation you can have. With, I think it's him and Caleb Thomas are in a really special class of their own right now. I really like what Jamari Jenkins can do. He's a combo guard. That's why he gives me the flexibility to put Chris Dolman at the one, and Jamari can play at the two. I really like Lakayu Smith at Spring Mills. I think he's a guy that's going to be a perfect wing for us, can go to the rim, can give us the opportunity at that point to give some time for Jamari and Chris to dish out. He's a guy that can go to the rim. And then we got Max Anderson playing the four, a guy who's our defensive piece, can move him all over the floor. We can put him on guys like DJ Boardley, put him on guys like Caleb Thomas and move him around, and he could be a pest for these guys. And then we have Chet Gore from Washington, who I think has got the ability to take that step this season, stepping out of the shadows of Will and Wyatt Shively, going to Washington, getting his time to be the big for the Patriots, and I'm really excited for that. If I were to pick a sixth man, I think I would have gone Wyatt Chively from Jefferson. Yeah, he was somebody else. That I, I, was I think about. my only he was the pro- next guy, probably the best offensive rebounder in the conference. Yeah, I mean that. That looking at my team, I know we're kind of short on bigs, and that's just the way high school basketball is sometimes. I, I think if I was able to get another one, I would take Wyatt Shively, have him as a backup that can rotate with Chet Gore, that can give Max Anderson some time, but he can maybe shift down to the three, maybe move Lakaiu Smith to the four at some points. But that would have been my next pick, would have been Wyatt Shively. Okay, so to recap my team, we're running the Colton Shelton, Jaden Gladney backcourt, a couple of guys that can handle the basketball, uh, a couple of guys that can pass the basketball, but can also get some buckets themselves. At a third ball handler with uh, Caleb Thomas. Again, uh, he's going to play one through five for this team, uh, depending on the situation. Uh, great defender, great shot blocker, but a guy that can score on the offensive end himself. Uh, we go with Matt Mahood inside to uh, provide us a consistent paint presence. Uh, somebody uh, that is also versatile, can also put the ball on the floor, can also knock down a jump shot, but is someone that is going to be consistent on the glass uh, on both ends of the floor. And then our upside pick, Josiah King, the freshman from Martinsburg, somebody that, like I said, when Dave Rogers brings up a freshman as someone that's going to make an impact, I start to listen. So we go with Josiah King, uh, who's who's going to play the three for us here. If I'm picking uh, a sixth man, and it's somebody that I think uh, in this case is going to fit into my mindset of, positionless basketball everybody can put the ball on the floor everybody can defend we can switch screens on the defensive end of the floor I'm gonna go with Xavier Anderson from Spring Mills another another upside pick a guy with a lot of size a lot of athleticism that's gonna make plays for me in the open floor uh so if if I was taking a sixth man I like Wyatt Shively I like what he could bring uh but Xavier Anderson's the next guy on my board 
So like I mentioned, we're going to be posting this in an article recapping the draft at PanhandleNewsNetwork.com coming up here in just a little bit. And then we'll tweet out the rosters at EP Sports Network. You're going to be able to vote which of these three teams you think would be the best in our EPAC basketball fantasy draft. Also, let us know on the text line. Your thoughts, 304-263-4321, are always welcome. Got a break to take when we return. We'll pick every single NFL uh, game for this upcoming weekend coming up. We'll also talk a little WVU soccer and get Parker's picks. This is Panhandle Sports Live. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live. Want to join the conversation? Tweet your thoughts on today's show at EP Sports Network. Welcome back, Panhandle Sports Live, this Friday edition. If you just missed our EPAC Fantasy Basketball Drafts, you can find it when we post this episode on our Spotify page coming up in a little bit. Just talking during the break, boys, you know, you only get to pick 15 players from a conference that'll feature as many as 40 or 50 really good players on a year-to-year basis. There's some guys that we left out. Let us know who we forgot, who should have been on our rosters as you look through the really talented teams that the EPAC have. But guys... It is an NFL weekend upcoming. Uh, This is week 14 of the National Football League, and we're going to pick every single game, starting with my Las Vegas Raiders, who are hosting the 6-6 Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota on the road, favored by three points. Parker Stone, who are you rocking with in this game? One more time, I'm sorry. Uh, Raiders-Vikings. Raiders and Vikings. Minnesota favored by three. I favor Minnesota just because this seems like the game where Justin Jefferson comes back, and I think that's what tilts the Vikings slightly over the edge. But it also wouldn't shock me if the Raiders won this game if Josh Dobbs played how Josh Dobbs did last week. So I'm going to take Minnesota ever so slightly. Daniel? This is an interesting one. Uh, Kevin O'Connell confirmed on Wednesday that Joshua Dobbs will start in this game. Uh, but uh, there's just too many questions for Vegas. Uh, I like Minnesota. Give me the Raiders here. By the way, it costs 200 bucks to get into this game, which is insane. Devontae Adams, despite all the, the much aligned, maligned season that he's had, is approaching another 1,000-yard season. Uh, Daniel, we'll stick with you as the 6-6 six and six Falcons are 2.5-point favorites against the 5-7 and seven Buccaneers. This is just going to be a disgusting NFC game that I won't care that much about. Uh, who are you rocking with? Ugh. I know. Um... <laughs> I guess give me Tampa. <laughs> I don't like this at all. I don't like this don't at make all me either. Talk, don't make me talk about Desmond Ritter football, please. You, you almost thought that it couldn't get worse than Thursday Night Football, and yet Bucks falcons Parker Stone, your pick. I'm going to go Tampa as well, just to keep the narrative going that the winner of the NFC South is going to have a losing record and make the playoffs. So I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll make it the Bucks as well. The Lions are taking on the Bears, a 1 o'clock window this game on Fox. The Lions are 9-3. and three. The Bears are 4-8. and eight. Despite this fact, Parker Stone, Detroit... Uh, uh, not significant favors. They're only favored by three points on the road. This is bizarre. Amon Ra, by the way, went over 1,000 yards last week, and Jared Goff continues to have good seasons and prove me wrong because I thought that there was not a lot going on between the ears of Jared Goff, but he still plays good football. Who are you taking here? I think I'm going to take Detroit. Three points is a weirdly low number. Yeah, I think I'm going to take Detroit just because I feel like they're going to have a bounce back. I mean, they had gave, they let New Orleans get back into the game again last week, but I think Detroit's going to keep winning and get a strong case to maybe be the number one overall seed in the NFC. I have a hard time seeing Chicago do much scoring in this game. Give me the Lions. Yeah, I'm going to make it the Lions as well. The 7-5 and five Colts on the road, the 6-6 six and six Bengals still playing with their playoff hopes uh, in the balance and still playing a backup quarterback. Cincinnati over only favored by two points as Minshew Mania wants to wreck their season. They're not going to do it. I say the Bengals are going to win this game. Back-to-back dubs for the boys from Cincinnati, Daniel Woods. I don't think Jake Browning 
is consistently capable of what he did <laughs> last fair. time out. But I think he's consistently capable of keeping this team's head above water. I like Cincinnati. I'm going to take the Colts. I think the Colts are playing good football right now. Michael Pittman Jr. is playing a, like a top 10 receiver, and no one's talking about it for some reason. I, I like the Colts ever so slightly. I think Gardner Minshew is just slightly better than Jake Browning. I'll take the Colts. No one's talking about the 7-5 and five Cleveland Browns either as they host the 8-4 and four Jags. You can get into this game for as cheap as $11, and it's not because there's lake effect snow. It's going to be 50 degrees. Uh, it looks like it's going to rain a little bit in Cleveland. It costs 11 bucks to see a team that could potentially go to the Super Bowl and Trevor Lawrence, who might be the quarterback of the next generation. And yet for the Vikings Raiders, it costs $200 to get in the door. Capitalism has failed us. Uh, I'm going to say that the Jaguars dominate, despite the fact that Cleveland is favored by three points. Daniel Woods, what say you? As much as my chaos-loving brain <laughs> would love to see a Joe Flacco masterclass in front of, like, 60 people, I, I will go with the Jacksonville Jaguars in this game. I'm going to go with the Browns. I think that with Jacksonville, we're not sure if Trevor Lawrence is playing. We're not sure even C.J. Beathard is playing the backup because he's been injured to practice this week, too. You lose Christian Kirk for probably the rest of the season. You're going to have to have guys step up. I think just with that, I'm going to go with Cleveland because their defense is better. The Saints finally think they have a shot at Derek Carr being healthy. I think the answer to that question is a definitive no, but they're favored by five points as they take the 1-11 and 11 Panthers on. Uh, this game is being played at the Caesar Superdome in Los Angeles. Um, there's a lot going against the Saints in this game from a health perspective, but the Panthers are so bad that I don't think it matters, and the Saints win this game. The Saints are not good. They are also not the Carolina Panthers. Give me New Orleans. <laughs> I'm going to go with New Orleans. Just Carolina's awful. All right, Park, staying with you. Uh, Houston favored by three and a half points. They're seven and fives. They take on the four and eight Jets. I hope the Jets win or lose this game solely so Aaron Rodgers doesn't even think about coming back and we can just stop talking about it. Uh, but I see the Texans moving to eight and five with a win here. Houston wins this game. The only way the Jets can win is if they feed Brees Hall, which they don't want to do for some odd reason. I think that they're able to win this game in the – the horrible, no good, very bad season for the New York Jets continues. Uh, very briefly, question of the day. Uh, it's expected Zach Wilson is going to start in this game. Tim Boyle was waived this week. Trevor Simeon is on this roster and played last week. Uh, would anyone like to hazard a guess as to who the other quarterback on the Jets roster is now? Is it Brett Ripon? It is Brett Ripon. <laughs> it is Brett Ripon. And for that reason, not for that reason, but uh, give give me Houston. This Jets team is going nowhere. All right, let's hustle up through these remaining picks. The 9-3 and three Ravens hosting the 6-6 six and six Rams. Baltimore favored by a touchdown, uh, seven and a half points. Give me the Ravens to win, but the Rams to cover. Park? I'll be at this game. I'll take the Ravens to win. Yeah, I'll take Ravens as well. All right, what about to cover? Yes, no? Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, the Seahawks take on the 49ers. Se Seattle going on the road. They're 6-6. Six six. The 49ers are 9-3. and three. San Francisco favored by 11 points, which is another huge number to put up against Geno. Yet again, I say the 49ers win, but the Seahawks will cover. Daniel? Seattle really needs this one, but I don't think they're going to get it. That's just a that's a really big number. So just on principle, give me the Seahawks against the spread. But San Francisco wins outright. In a weird way, the NFL sometimes makes us feel like a team is a juggernaut and they feel like they're unbeatable, and then the next week they fall. Give me the Seahawks to upset the Ooh, 49ers. This I week. like it. Let's see uh, this one as well. A matchup of two interesting AFC teams: the six and six Bills go to Arrowhead, eight and four Chiefs. Kansas City, Parker Stone, only favored by a point. Give me the Chiefs. Give, I would take an alternative line of 
three and a half points and uh, give me Kansas City. Your thoughts? Another team that needs as bad as Buffalo, but I think Kansas City wins. They keep the momentum going. Uh, Buffalo's had its fair share of distractions over the last 48 hours. That would be fair. Uh, we don't need to get into that right now. Um, Just look up what Sean McDermott is trending. If you don't know what Sean McDermott is in the news cycle for, you will be blown away. You w- yes, yeah. correct. Not that way I would have phrased that. Daniel, your thoughts on this game? I will take the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> uh, the Chargers are 5-7. and seven. They take on the 6-6 six and six Broncos. The Chargers are favored by 2.5 points, but give me uh, Broncos country. Let's ride here. Daniel. Ugh. <laughs> Another game that I do not like, uh, but it is it is the policy of Daniel Woods uh, on Panhandle Sports Live to pick against Brandon Staley. So give me the Denver Broncos. We're making a clean sweep. I go with the Broncos. Uh, from all reports, it sounds like Austin Eckler is washed or they don't know how to use him in Los Angeles anymore. Let's get Brandon Staley fired. We're picking the Broncos. Eagles, Cowboys. Eagles on the road, 10-2. and two. The Cowboys, 9-3. and three. Dallas favored by 3.5 points. I expect they bounce back with a show of force by the Eagles as they dominate this game on Sunday Night Football. Daniel, your thoughts? It pains me to say this. It really does. But... I think there is a significant chance that Dak Prescott stakes his claim to the MVP race on Sunday night and Dallas wins this game. That's disgusting. Your thoughts? Give me the boys. Give All me right. the boys. Uh, let's pick these Monday night football games together. Dolphins, Titans, 9-3 and three Dolphins, 4-8 and eight Titans. Miami's favored by 13 points. And then Giants, Packers. Ooh. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Green Bay favored by 6.5 points as they head to MetLife Stadium. Uh, gentlemen, I'm going Dolphins to win and cover. Packers to win and cover, and it's kind of boring. Those are my two remaining picks. Park, we'll start with you. I'll go with Dolphins to win. I think that, yeah, they're just operating really good right now, and Tyreek Hill could have a really great game against a really bad Tennessee secondary and have another monster game in what's been a historic season. He should win the MVP, by the way. And, uh, yeah, I'll take the Packers to win just because, I mean, I, I love Tommy DeVito. The story's been fantastic and fun, but Green Bay's full steam ahead to, I think, make the playoffs as a wild card right now. Yeah, give me Miami big over the Titans. I don't think there's really a conversation there, especially if Derrick Henry doesn't play. Uh, And then Green Bay and New York. I saw a tweet yesterday uh, from a Jets fan that said, the Jets are 4-8 and and it's the end of the world. The Giants are 4-8 and and Tommy DeVito is on TikTok reviewing Italian food with some goober. At least we suck and it's fun. Well, yeah. Uh, If you're not going to be good, at least be fun. Uh, But... Give me Green Bay in this game. Uh, Tommy DeVito's really been a pretty nice story, but it's it's not going to lead to wins. All right, you ready for this? Curveball, who wins the Army-Navy game? Navy. Army. I'll go Army as well. Bryson Daly's my boy. We got a break to take. We'll get Parker's picks. Wrap up the show for the week after this. Mix up your sports coverage with Panhandle Sports Live. Heard on the Panhandle News Network. Final segment of Panhandle Sports Live this Friday edition. Luke Wicks, Daniel Woods, Parker Stone hanging out with you. One more opportunity to make some folks some money before this weekend is over. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Prove it, it's never fails. Never failed once. So do you guys remember that part in The Grinch? where the part where he talks about his sizes grow two sizes that day. You remember that part? Vaguely. Yeah. Well, I'm familiar with it. Apparently, the Grinch must have grown a big heart and didn't give us an absolute stinker in the Steelers and Patriots matchup. Because once again, if you faded Parker's picks, congratulations, you made some money. So uh, the over on points hit. Trubisky and Zappi both threw over in 
the Bailey Zappi legacy game, it feels like this was for the Patriots. But we'll go to the NFL picks on Sunday. Of course, only college game coming up on Saturday is the Army-Navy game. You heard my pick. I'm going to go Navy with an upset on that one. But I'm going to go for some of my picks. My lock is, hey, they're making him a captain in this game, which makes me think he's going to find his way into the end zone. I'm going to take Odell Beckham as an anytime touchdown scorer in the Ravens-Rams matchup coming up on Sunday. It's a chance for Odell to score on his former team. I got the Cowboys getting a win over the Eagles, and I got Tyreek Hill. The line for him, what, what do you guys think the line is over under receiving yards for Tyreek? Uh, 95. Higher. What is it? 103? 109.5. Wow. Uh, 109.5, and I think he goes over it. I think he goes over it. The Titan secondary is bad. OBJ scores a touchdown. Cowboys with the win. Tyree kills over on receiving yards. That's my picks for today. All right, I'm here for Alrighty. it. So a lot of things going to be happening in uh, Morgantown, Morgantown adjacent, and that's why we've got a very specific end of show song picked out by Daniel Woods. Yes, sir. Uh, let, where do we want to start? Uh, Spiker coming back to the Coliseum. That's yeah. Zach Spiker, former assistant, Drexel of the Mountaineers, play tomorrow on Saturday, and it's the last game without Kirk Creaser, but more importantly, Daniel Woods. Uh, the Mountaineers have a chance to play for a national championship if they win tonight in soccer. That is correct. The WVU men's soccer team takes on Clemson tonight at 6 o'clock. In the city of Louisville, Dan Stratford leading his men into battle, <laughs> and I have a feeling they're going to do it. This is a this is a reshaped roster. Dan Stratford looked last year uh, after going to the Elite Eight two years ago. Looked at his team last year, said this wasn't good enough. Completely rebuilt this team, and uh, it's it's paying off. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing we want to talk about, uh, the West Virginia Attorney General, Patrick Morrissey, finally filing that lawsuit to the NCAA regarding Raekwon's battle situation. Parker Stone said yesterday, I mean, you have Jay Billis out there arguing on his behalf that youth are pretty confident, that, uh, even before this lawsuit was filed, that Raekwon's waiver was going to be overturned and he's going to be able to play. Do you still hold that sentiment? I think he's going to play whenever the semester turns over for basketball. I think if the heat keeps being put on the NCAA and it's getting hot, there's people campaigning hard for Raekwon Battle to play. We'll hope from that point. You know what? If he doesn't get clear by that point, and we had this conversation yesterday, I'm all for just giving Raekwon Battle a red shirt and playing him next year if he wants to go that route. But it's also important to keep Coach Eilert there because it seems like there's a really strong connection with Coach Eilert and Raekwon Battle. If you really want him to play at WVU, I think Coach Eilert needs to be there. And this case goes wider than just Raekwon Battle. There's seven states involved in this. There's other players named in the case. And according to Patrick Morrissey as well, they're seeking a temporary restraining order that would stop the NCAA from enforcing any transfer rules. Right. Uh, I do want to mention this because we did get a text uh, right at the end of the show. Is the Mountaineer soccer game going to be on television? Three different options. I think it's going to be on ESPNU. Don't hold me to that, but check ESPNU. I know it will be on ESPN Plus for sure, but I'll tell you this. You could also listen to U92 The Moose from college radio if you want to get some radio play-by-play. Um, you're certainly not going to want to miss that. Uh, this is property of WVAQ, but we're going to play it anyways. This is uh, a, an old uh, Morgantown state of mind from Kevin Connolly's Morgan or, uh, morning show to take us to the end of today's show and wrap up Panhandle Sports Live for the week. We'll talk to you on Monday.
the checks, them buyouts can be heck. Spending your money, we all think it's funny. We getting bigger, hills growing houses, things on an uptick. Now we got a Sonic, burger here, burger there. Get a pizza everywhere. If you wanna change it up, head on down to Black Bear. Windows down, pumping beats while I'm filling up the cheese. My honey got an MTO, now I'm running short on dough. Go to Centric, get some cash, so I can buy a beer or two. Man, I really love it here, so much stuff to do. Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.